thank you for joining me on the Gibraltar Politics Podcast. My guest today is Dr. Joseph Garcia, the leader of the GLP, which is the Gibraltar Liberal Party, and he has also been our Deputy Chief Minister for the past four years. We got around to discussing European reforms, democratic reforms, and his personal values as well. So stay around, stick around, listen to this. It's only a short 15-minute interview, and I'm sure you're going to love it. Hi, Dr. Garcia. Thank you very much for coming on the show. I understand you're extremely busy with the current election, but you are the first Deputy Chief Minister to come on the show, so you are making history. Thank you for having me. Very appropriate, because I'm a historian myself. So. Oh, yes, it's true. I was reading the manifesto, and it mentioned that you wrote a book about the history of Gibraltar. Well, I thought I'd ask you about personal questions first, and I've asked this question to all the other leaders of their parties. The question is, why did you personally get into politics? Well, I got involved in politics a very long time ago. I mean, I've been around for 24 years. It seems a, an eternity now, and I've contested eight elections, one of which was a by-election. The, the others were all general elections. Um, the reason for my involvement at the time was to do with Europe and um, Gibraltar's position in the European Union and the need to promote that position, to put across a point of view to people in the European Union and also to create an awareness of Gibraltar in Europe. So really, in a nutshell, it, it involved uh, promoting Gibraltar in Europe and also promoting Europe in Gibraltar. So it had to do a lot with the time itself because you wanted to actually get Gibraltar recognised in Europe. I mean, the, the issue specifically at the time, if I remember correctly, was... Um, the EU treaties and treaty changes and how that might affect Gibraltar. All right, okay. Well, I was wondering, you've done a lot of work with regards to Europe, and do you think, or no, actually, better yet, why do you feel that the GSLP Liberals would be a better government for Gibraltar than the GSD in regards to European Union affairs? Well, I believe we would be a better government across the board, and I think we've proved it in four years, yes. having achieved so much in such a short period of time. But certainly in relation to the European Union, I don't think our predecessors had a coherent policy. I mean, there was um, an office in Europe, which is one room in a, in a shared office block, if you like, with shared facilities and shared boardrooms and all yes. that. Um, we took the decision early on that we wanted to, to purchase a building to house uh, a proper Gibraltar house, proper Gibraltar representation before the European Union, as we have a, a, an office in London, that, that kind of building. And um, we've, we've done that now. The, the office opened in May. It attracted a lot of interest at the time that it opened. We had ambassadors coming in from different uh, European countries. We had the media. We had members of the, of the European Parliament, of the Commission. So it, we, we had a, a very good attendance at the opening across the board. And now that office in, in Brussels is actually the heart of our European nerve system, if you like. All our lobbying activities are focused on there and take place on there. So I think that that is, that is an important achievement to have, uh, to have arrived at in such a short period of time. All right. And do you think Gibraltar would ever have their own MEP in comparison or opposed to the current MEP sharing system that we have with um, Julie Gerlich as our current Minister for European Parliament? Well, when I started in politics, um, Gibraltarians couldn't even vote in elections to the European Parliament. Yes. That was one of the issues. Um, at the time, um, the UK argued that Gibraltar had been left out inadvertently and that therefore the law did not apply to us unless there was a change to the European Act and that in order to change the Act they needed the consent of Spain and that wasn't likely to happen. So as you know Gibraltar took, took the issue to court and yes. we won and therefore Gibraltar was enfranchised in a way which we were told was not possible 
yes. years before. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it happened, and as a result, result of that, we ended up with seven members of the European Parliament representing Gibraltar and the southwest of England. Now there are six after some changes to the treaty and the admission of new, new member states into the European Union. So we have six representatives who, who actually are our own elected representatives in, in the European Parliament. Whether, it, whether it's possible that we would ever have our own, I don't know. I mean, there, is, there are, for example, places like Luxembourg that have um, six MEPs for yes. a comparatively small uh, population. Malta also has yes. a, a, that number of MEPs. In, in, in our case, because our terms of membership are linked to our connection with the, Europe, with the United Kingdom, in other words, we're in the EU because the United Kingdom is responsible for our external relations, because of that, the link in MEP terms is also through the UK. So whether it is you know, for the UK to give us one of their MEPs, or whether we continue with the system of sharing six, which is what we're doing at present, yes. is something for the future to tell. And how do you think that a Brexit would affect Gibraltar and Spain's relationship? Well, I think it, the, it potentially it, it can be very dangerous for Gibraltar, um, in the sense that our economy is based on selling services to the wider single market, to the rest yes. of the European Union. But I think we also need to bear in mind that it's important at the same time, as having said that, that we shouldn't be alarmist. Because um, Brexit, if it were to happen, is dependent, first of all, on the, the outcome of the referendum. And we've been working very closely with the United Kingdom government in, in agreeing and discussing that the terms under which that will take place in Gibraltar, the terms of our legislation, and making sure that our legislation matches UK legislation where that is necessary and where it's appropriate. So uh, a committee was set up locally, which um, the Chief Minister asked me to chair as, of officials, and we, we've held regular meetings with um, officials in, in London, from the Cabinet Office and the Foreign Office and other departments, in order to try and achieve that objective. So essentially, the, it, it, would, it would take time for Brexit to happen, because even if that referendum the, the vote in that referendum is a vote for the UK to exit the European Union. The, it wouldn't happen overnight. So, I mean, it would take yes. years and months and years to unravel the UK's position in it. And in any case, what the referendum would be on is on the package that the Prime Minister David Cameron intends to negotiate and has been discussing and negotiating with the European Union over the last few months. So I think it's, it's not something that would happen immediately. I think it's something which potentially could have very serious consequences and we need to be prepared for it, which is why, uh, as a government, we commissioned a, as an expert study on this, which is currently uh, going on. All right, well, on the topic of expert studies, I mean, the recent election has shown that both parties seem to have their own facts or they're representing facts in very conspicuous ways and it's, different time, it's difficult for the electorate to understand. Would you advocate for a think tank to be um, opened up in Gibraltar using the um, current university to actually help with that? Well, I'm not sure how far that would help or how far it would make it worse. And then you have three different sets of figures. But look, the reality is that throughout you know, Gibraltar's modern political history, the official statistics of Gibraltar have been produced by the statistics office of the government. That is what yes. they're there to do. They are professional statisticians. They produce all sorts of figures every year, whether it's the unemployment figures, the the abstract of statistics, which is a comprehensive compilation of all sorts of statistics from education to health to diseases, you know, to traffic, so all the data is there. So what I'm saying is that the, the, the official data of the government, which is published um, either in, in these annual reports or on the government website, are the official figures of Gibraltar, and that's how it's always been. 
All right. And what is your number one priority in regards to um, European Union relations? What is your number one priority once if you were to get into office? Well, the, the, the over the last over the last four years, Gibraltar has been there have been a number of EU issues which have affected Gibraltar, and um, in some of them we've won. I mean, you remember that Spain filed a series of complaints against Gibraltar on the the reef, on bunkering, and on land reclamation. Yes. And those three were all analysed by the European Commission, and they they expressed a view that there was basically nothing unlawful that happened in Gibraltar. That everything that we've done complied with European Union law. So on those environmental complaints which have been around for a long time, Gibraltar won hands down. On the border, for the first time, the Commission has taken an active interest in it. It followed the call from the Prime Minister to the then President of the Commission, uh, Mr. Barroso, and following on from that, the Commission sent a, a working inspection visit to the border. There have now been three visits that have taken place. They made a ser- series of recommendations to Gibraltar and to Spain. We complied with our side of the bargain straight away within six months. Yes. Spain did nothing within six months. And when the Commission came back the second time, they issued a particularly strongly worded statement to Spain telling them essentially to get on with it, which led to the works on the Spanish side, which again dragged on considerably, but eventually they were completed as well. But it's essential on the border to bear in mind that there are two things. One is the infrastructure, which is now what's been changed, and even then it's not perfect. There are still six lanes of traffic, vehicular traffic exiting Gibraltar, and one green lane for cars entering Spain, which is still far from perfect. But that's one area, the, the infrastructure, and the other one is actually the, phys- the way you exercise your physical controls, whether you check every car, whether you check only those that you, you judge, you make a risk assessment and you check those that need checking. So all these issues are still under discussion with the European Commission. And the third area, if I just may briefly, is a question of aviation, which is Spain's yes. attempt to exclude Gibraltar from European civil aviation legislation. All right. And do you think the upcoming Spanish election is going to um, impact Gibraltar-Spain relations in any positive way? Well, I think it can make a difference because, um, as we know, the Partido Popular took a particularly aggressive stand against Gibraltar uh, from the moment they were elected in 2011. And um, that was reflected in hostility by land, uh, by air and at sea as well with, 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 with the waters issue. We, they also withdrew from the trilateral forum and they set about reversing the different agreements that have been made under that forum. What Senor Margallo famously called putting the toothpaste back into the tube yeah. and reversing everything that, that, had been, that had been arrived at. And that's created huge complications across the board. I mentioned the area of aviation, that, that, that is one of them. But we, we, the, sound, the noise has been made by the Spanish... Uh, opposition parties is different and the the Partido Socialista seems to be quite keen on re-establishing the forum which was established when they were in office. That's good. So it, 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 there is a hope or there is light at the end of the tunnel but we need to wait and see what the outcome of the Spanish elections is going to be. Would you be endorsing any certain party on behalf of Gibraltar? It's not something we normally do. I mean at the end of it, you know, whoever we elect is a matter for the people of Gibraltar, whoever Spain, the Spanish uh, elect is a matter for them. All right. So, well, I read your manifesto and I understand it's not just EU affairs that you take care of, but you're also um, putting forward many democratic reforms. Would you support the introduction of backbenches like Robert Vasquez has um, into Gibraltar's parliament? Well, the question of backbenches is not in a manifesto. It wasn't in the previous one either. And um, it's also, it's not our policy. 
it's yes. never been. However, in the in the last uh, term of office, we set up a select committee on parliamentary reform at the request of the then um, backbencher Sir Peter Garwana. I mean, that shows you can have backbenchers in the existing system because there have, there have been backbenchers uh, in the past. Mr. Garwana is not the first one. But um, at, at, at his request, we decided to set up a select committee to implement the recommendations of the Commission on Parliamentary Reform that had been set up, which was chaired by Adolfo Ganaka, the Speaker of the Parliament. And one of the recommendations uh, which was considered, which was not accepted, was the question of backbenchers. The, the Commission itself did not agree with the question of backbenchers. Now, even though that was the case, we in the select committee agreed to look at the issue again with an open mind. So in the first meetings of the committee, the question that has been on the table was a question of backbenchers, even though this was not a recommendation that the Commission had made. Yes. So that is where we are. Our, our commitment is if, if we get re-elected into government, we will resume the work of the Select Committee from where it left off. So what's the number one priority for the Select Committee? Well, there were a total of 39 recommendations made by the Commission. Now, some of them we've already implemented, for example, a televising of Parliament. I mean, we could very easily have said, look, these are the recommendations of the Commission, we now come to Parliament, we are going to implement whatever it was, you know, number 1 to 15, for argument's sake, and not implement the others, because that is our policy and that's what we're going to do. But rather than do that, we decided to embark on a further process of consultation, which takes more time, yes. which is by establishing a select committee and going down that route. So there are 39 recommendations, I and mean, a number of them have already been implemented. Some, for example, the Parliamentary Code for, for MPs, the Ministerial Code for Members of Parliament, the Freedom of Information Legislation, all these things are already in the pipeline. So when the Select Committee comes to look at them, there'll be a considerable amount of work has already been done. All right. And do you think that the money that is being um, used via the Gibraltar Savings Bank with regards to funding government companies, do you think that should be considered a part of government's debt? That is not the, uh, not considered government debt anywhere in Europe. The issue is really is simple. I mean, the, you need to bear in mind that the question of funding projects through government companies is not something new, which was invented by us when we were elected. Yes. The GSD, when they were in government, uh, for example, in Mr. Caruana's last budget in 2011, fund, funded £95 million worth of projects through the Improvement and Development Fund and also funded £63 million worth of projects separately through government companies. I mean, in 2008, and uh, they, a company which was set up called Gibraltar Investment Holdings entered into an agreement with a private developer for funding of 16 government projects, including things like the air terminal, the sewage plant, and a whole series of projects, millions and millions of pounds, hundreds of millions of pounds, yes. through government companies without going through parliament and outside the normal structure, if you want to call it that. So this is not anything new. It's perfectly normal and it's, it's something which happens in the past. So we certainly reject the view that we, we have done anything, we're doing anything different, which hasn't been done before, and which the DTSC themselves have not done. But would you, would you feel or would you advocate that this still needs changing, even though that the past government has done it as well? Do you feel that this is something that is wrong or is there any specific reason that the current government is doing it and the no, past it, government it, it's, it it's not that anything is wrong. I think the reasons why where we've continued with the system that we inherited is simply because it's something that we inherited and it was there and we carried on using it. Yes. I mean, if I remember correctly, I think it's £278 million worth of, of projects and works were funded by the GSD themselves using the same mechanism. So that's really no issue. Alright. Well, 
I think we'll just wrap this up with one last question, and that is, what is your vision for Gibraltar in the future? Well, the, the way we are going to this election very clearly on on the platform on two platforms. One is telling people, look, vote for us on our record. We've already achieved a considerable amount in these four years. We've done a, a huge amount of work uh, in promising what we set out to do. It's something which politicians in the past haven't taken very seriously, but we took our manifesto seriously. We listed the commitments that needed to be delivered, and we delivered them one by one and ticked them off the list. Yes. Whether it was 1,000 flats, uh, homes for our people, whether it was a small boats marina, whether it was you know the office uh, in Brussels and developing our links further with the European Union, the University of Gibraltar, Gibraltar International Bank, two new schools. What we promised and what we set out to do, we've done. And that it is relatively new in politics in Gibraltar, or indeed perhaps even anywhere else, to deliver what you promised to the degree that we've done. So we ask people, first of all, to consider that. And secondly, to look at our programme. We've delivered a programme which is, we've presented really the only credible manifesto in this general election, I think it runs to more than 100 pages, it lists not only what we're going to do, but how we're going to do it in detail. The manifesto of our political opponents is simply some kind of you know, vague list of intentions, if you like, I wouldn't even call it a manifesto, and indeed even they, in their own forward, call it a manifesto at one point and then say it's not a manifesto a bit further down. So I think our vision is clear, our vision is spelt out in the manifesto. We will deliver what we promise as we've done over the last four years. All right, okay. Thank you for coming on the show, Dr. Garcia. Thank you. It's been a pleasure and I hope you can come again sometime. Thanks so much. Well, that brings an end to possibly our penultimate episode of the Gibraltar Politics podcast. Um, I'm glad to have interviewed ministers in the past, candidates, and now the Deputy Chief Minister and the Chief Minister himself. Our next episode will be a debate between two young GSLP members and two young GSD members. So I'm sure you're going to love it because it's going to be the aftermath of the election and what it means for Gibraltar and more specifically Gibraltar's youth. So thank you for listening. Head to our website and listen to our next episode as well. Goodbye.